This is Mental Health and You with WCPA. We're your hosts, Taylor Kennedy, Caitlin Schaefer, and Jacqueline Simplecamp. Our podcast covers mental health topics for you. From us, licensed mental health professionals. Let's get to this week's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mental Health and You. I'm so excited to finally be back with you guys this week. Oh my gosh, we missed you so much. It really just wasn't the same, you know, not recording with you. I can't believe we have our third payback. <laughs> We're here, all of us. <laughs> I gotta say, I know everyone listening can't see it, but I want everyone to know that Caitlin's wedding glow is unreal. <laughs> you guys are too sweet. But anyway, back to Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We are getting into a really good topic. We are going to be discussing how we can all support students and children in general overall during the summer months. Especially after the year we've all had, this summer is really going to be a time for children and adults alike to kind of take a deep breath and find some time to relax and regroup. For children specifically, though, there's been a few different takes on how to best support them this summer. And actually, kind of responding to what you just said about this summer especially, I've heard a lot of parents and kids being like, you know, a lot of plans from last summer rescheduled. We want to have a lot of fun this summer. And so I feel like there's more pressure on it than usual in a weird way. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah. And then um, really just for summer in general, I've heard like two main opinions on this topic. So some people say that students need a complete break. They've done enough during the school year. And others have said that students need to be engaged academically or have structure much like they would during the school year. So what do you guys think about these two perspectives? Okay, so before I even answer, I feel like I've heard a lot of what you mentioned, Caitlin, and what you kind of hit on, Jacqueline, that a lot of people feel like they're making up for lost time. They feel like they lost their summer last year, and many kids, they feel like they were robbed of that summer, and they want to make up for it and they want to go have fun without any stress with their friends and then their parents kind of feel the same but back to you know those two perspectives you mentioned Jacqueline those are definitely common themes no matter like if it's a young client to have or an older one or a personal like relative and experience I feel like there is this divide between structure and no structure because of the amount of stress last year brought. While I definitely understand the desire to give children that structure and maybe even a little extra academic support for what they may have missed this past year, I really truly believe that our children need a break. They're exhausted, just like many of us adults are. And since they kind of missed out on last summer, like we're saying, I think a lot of them are really, really looking forward to what this summer potentially has in store. I really think that our children's mental health is kind of relying on a bit of a mental break over these next 12 weeks. And that doesn't mean to totally disregard structure and opportunities for some of those social or academic experiences, but definitely just kind of allowing the kiddos to just be kids this summer. I think that's going to be really important. Yeah, I know. The word that's coming out to me right now is balance because yes, they need to be kids. They need to have fun and feel like they have some freedom from the school year, I would say. But then at the same time, I think students do need just a little bit of, you know, knowing what to expect, that sort of thing. Yeah, boundaries and like set expectations because I feel like they have been constantly adjusting. So like that stress that they're kind of feeling escaped from with this summer is there isn't a bunch of adjusting to academics and standards and the pandemics and 
virtual school or not seeing their friends as much, extracurriculars being canceled. Like they've had so much change and so much they've had to adapt to. And now it's kind of like, oh, I know what to do in the summer. Like summers are when there aren't those really rigid boundaries that I once had. And now I'm relearning because everything's been different for like the last year and a half. Yeah, I think you put that really well. So I think, again, good balance falls somewhere in the middle of these two perspectives that we're kind of talking about. So I think, again, that students deserve a break and they can benefit from the routines being a little lax. But however, it's also positive to have some sort of structure that includes enrichment of some sort. So whether it be having a bare bones routine of how the day might go and making sure to include engagement of some sort that is mentally or even physically stimulating, you know, just trying to make sure that students aren't just chilling in front of a screen all day long or Mm -hmm. not having the opportunity to engage with themselves or others, if that makes sense. Jacqueline, I think you make a really good point there. Screen time's definitely been taken to a whole new level this past year. So Mm -hmm. I really agree that it's important for kids to get some social face-to-face interaction as much as they can and kind of step away from the screen as much as possible. So before we go any further, I think it's really important that we also acknowledge here that every child is different. So some children over the summer are going to need that consistency and structure throughout the summer just as much, if not more, than during the school year. And then other children really might need that space to disconnect from academics and structure a bit. So I think the key here is really just being in tune with your child's needs and including them in the conversation too about how summer might look for them and your family and just kind of communicating those expectations and then compromising on how things might play out. I think that could be really helpful. It's a super good point because no two children are to be the same and what they need when it comes to their summer routines and structure or lack thereof is going to be different based on what this last year has been like for them, where they're at personally with their mental and physical health. But screens in general have played a huge, I mean, huge role in our lives, even outside of children, like just adult Mm -hmm. lives now. I mean, adults have been exposed to higher levels of screen time as well, like work, helping kids with their homework, you know, really connecting with family members and that kind of stuff through a screen. It's just, it's undeniable. We all know this, the impact that an excessive use of a screen has on the human body, like our eyes, our brain, that kind of stuff, but also undeniable the impact it has on child development. So it's, I don't know, I guess probably something I feel strongly about that it's our job as adults to limit youth screen time. It is our job to keep our children safe and our youth safe. And leading by example is a great and very easy way to do this. You know, it also makes it easy to facilitate conversation, kind of like what you were saying, Caitlin, and involving them in what expectations and compromises are going to be made during the summer. I don't know if you're modeling the behavior that's expected. Communication and conversation should kind of come easy, in my opinion. From birth, when we think about basics of child development, a child learns through watching, right? I mean, we learn through watching those around us. Mm -hmm. So they learn emotional regulation, routine, family functioning and norms. I mean, they learn social skills, how to entertain themselves, how to play, you know, those kinds of things when there weren't tablets and electronics them to be using. So I just think it's really important and it's a very important part of childhood and their development to know kind of how to entertain themselves And now technology really hinders that and it's even drifted into education because we've relied on technology for education and 
kind of scary in my opinion, because children just, they need some sort of structure outside of sitting with a device and a screen because then they can feel safe and secure in their environment. Well, you're right. I think just people in general, if they have some sort of plan, then they can fill that time with things that are going to be good for them. And if there's no plan, if it's just a free for all, essentially, then there is that risk of just spending all day long on the computer in front of the TV or on a phone or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think that as adults, we have gotten into the bad habit too, right? Of just being on our phones all the time. And I think about how much more open and welcoming it is for a child to see their parent just sitting on the couch even watching TV without a phone in their hand or just at the kitchen table eating without their phone, it's so much easier for a child to come up to that parent in that time Mm -hmm. to talk or just to be present. Yeah, I think a lot of times parents look to find those connections more over the summer when their kids are home. And I think that's a great way to do that is like you're saying, Taylor, kind of model that it just allows a little bit of an openness. There's not that barrier that the phone kind of creates in those connections with children. I think about that. Like if you're watching a movie with your child, like the most basic mm-hmm. thing of like a movie night, right? Or yeah. If mom or dad or the guardian, the babysitter, whoever is on their phone while they're watching the movie the whole time, or they're on their work computer or whatever, it's not very inviting to that child to engage. Right. But if mom is like, hey, come lay with me, or dad is sitting there making conversation and actively engaging with the child about the movie or sharing popcorn or, mm-hmm. you know, physical touch of some sort... That is way more impactful for a child, and it sets the precedent that that engagement and watching of the movie is more important than the screen time. Yeah, and I think that is a great way of kind of supporting children this summer, right, is continuing to build that connection with them away from screen time. Right, yeah. And just really finding that balance between structure and flexibility, it's just so important in my opinion. I mean, being flexible doesn't mean, again, letting the kids run wild. It really means giving them some developmentally appropriate control over the decisions they're making throughout their day and allowing moments of spontaneity to happen and for them to learn and grow from those. I kind of think of these summer months as the real like social, emotional growth months. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our academic learning and then we have some months for real, you know, social, emotional change. So as the adult, you have to kind of reflect in advance maybe on what you're willing to be flexible on over the summer and what you're not. And then communicate that again with your child or your teen and just find ways to compromise as needed. And I just really feel like flexibility can allow children to sometimes be a little more creative and probably even increase self-esteem a bit. Life just can't always be so serious. It, It truly just can't. If Every day and every moment of life is taken extremely seriously. Is life even fun? I feel like life would just, I don't know, especially for a child or someone like in their, like, no, it would not be fun. Balance just is so important. Right. Life is stressful for us, even as adults. And for a child, it can be sometimes even more overwhelming and serious for them to see their environment to be taken so serious and rigidly. And again, just going back to that point of modeling, I feel as an adult, we can really model times of flexibility and lightheartedness or that lack there of structure when it's appropriate, right? When our jobs are done, our behavior has met expectations, so forth and so on. This doesn't mean all rules, structure, and routines are thrown out the window, but maybe life just doesn't always have to be taken quite so seriously during the summer. 
um, every day, day in and day out. Like it would, I don't know, during the school year, maybe during those academic calendar years when it's important to success that we take our routine seriously. Yeah, I agree with that because things shouldn't always be taken so seriously. But at the same time, I don't know, something I'm thinking of right now is when parents talk about how their kid presents to them during the week versus on the weekends. Like some families don't have any form of structure or how things will play out on the weekend. And they're like, oh my gosh, their behavior was horrible. They acted like this and that. And it was just a completely different kid. So on the other hand, though, it's good to not have things be overscheduled because that's not always fun either. So Again, I think having flexibility in the routine is such a key point here. Just having a little outline, I think, of the day is helpful for kids and teens to know what to expect each day and have something in place so there's no surprises. So there's no anxiety of like, oh, what's going to happen today or what can I expect? A reasonable routine could look something like just waking up around the same time each day, making time for meals in the beginning, middle, and end of the day, and then also getting to bed early enough to get a full night's sleep. So this routine provides structure, but also doesn't eliminate needed flexibility during the day in those summer months. Kids want to feel like they're having fun, and then they'll be able to do all of that while getting their basic needs met. Yeah, I think as the adult, it's our job to make sure that those fundamental basic needs are met, but also to foster that social emotional growth, like we mentioned earlier, through having time in our routines for creativity, right? So there are appropriate times when we can be lighthearted, we can be creative, kind of more playful with our time, our activities, what we do, how we behave. And then there's other times maybe when we need to stick to our routines because it ensures our basic needs are met, sleep, meals, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think an easy way to kind of find balance in creating this reasonable routine, I like that phrase, is getting students engaged in something. So for example, signing them up for some type of summer activity or an experience that really interests them. Keyword that interests them, right? You don't want to be dragging them to something that they're going to dread going to. If you can find something they like, that's much better. But explore those options with your child, you know, see what they might like to do. So summer camps, a weekend away with grandparents or a fun aunt and uncle, even if it just means that's down the street, getting, you know, a pen pal, creating a kindness challenge. Also things like mowing the neighbor's grass or having a themed family night. Those can all be socially and emotionally supportive kind of creative ways to expand your child's interests and abilities. Oh my gosh, the kindness challenge is a really cute idea because that could include so many things. And like you guys were saying, it kind of builds on their social and emotional development too. Yeah, I love that one. Or like the spread love challenge. There's so many creative ways that we can kind of engage kids over the summer. Yeah, we used to do like kindness chains and it was like you got a link for like acts of kindness and you would write on like the paper strip what was kind that you or your sibling did. And then you would see, well, my mom would do it like how long your chain would get and that kind of stuff. And if it made it across the room, we got a party. Aw, that is really fun. That's a great one. My mom was a teacher, so that's what she did in her classroom. Very I love that. (laughs) So yeah, like you were saying, Caitlin, I think parents sometimes feel like they need to provide so much for their kids over the summer. So just building off their interests and encouraging things like expressing kindness are really the way to go. Again, it's great to include your child routine in the plan for the summer. So instead of saying, hey, you're doing blank activity this summer, give some choices and involve them in that decision. I love bringing it back to the basics. They're 
that's a good point to make because there doesn't always have to be a lot of stimulus or new things, right? So sometimes just simply spending time with your child or playing in water, water balloon fights, water gun wars, those kinds of things, looking for four-leaf clovers, nature walks, playing in a creek, like the basics of quality time. I don't know, something grounding like that can be really that's enough for a child. And if it's genuine quality time with someone you care about, creating those memories and fostering that attachment and rapport within the family unit is truly so much more important than, you know, the toys or making sure that they're occupied with a screen or someone is happy with gifts or trips or shopping, those kinds of things. It doesn't always have to be elaborate, right? those kinds of things can be fun. Um, and for some kids, that is how you connect with them. But, you know, it comes down to knowing the child and the basics of what they need in that time. But in my opinion, because I feel like what I'm trying to describe or get at, this reminds me of like self-care in a way, like the basics for humanity at its core of feeling like nurtured and cared for rather than just like spoiled or gifted with things or rewards, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't always have to be like materialistic things for it to matter. Well, yeah. Self-care when it comes down to it, it's simple. It's simple things that you do for yourself every day. And I think the best part of summertime is that the things that make us the happiest are those simple joys that we've yeah. talked about before. Yeah. Those simple memories, like with your families, those moments of lightheartedness, there weren't the structure and stress does a lot for a child's self-care and as a parent or an adult in some fashion a role model it can be good to contribute to the child's self-care and really help them to recharge over the summer months so as you guys know we do talk a lot about self-care here and what we're getting at (laughs) bring it up again why don't we yes every time we know what self-care looks like for adults and it's also a necessity for kids and teens too summer is definitely a time to help your child fill their cup And this include, again, picking enriching activities that they're interested in, those simple joys, of course, like the most important thing, and then also helping them keep up habits that they need to take care of themselves with. I just want to go back to what I said at the beginning, because I feel like it really ties in here that this summer really could be kind of that mental break for the kids and that self-care kind of routine and stuff is part of, you know, mental health and having that break and kind of recharging. But again, balancing that with structured things like having a chore or a responsibility of their own. And like we were saying, keeping up with hygiene, staying involved in a healthy activity. These are all just ways to enhance their self-care routine and just have a really healthy summer. I also think those reminds me of life skills, right? So Mm -hmm. like commitments. I feel like a lot of what you're describing is you're maintaining things that are important for life skills and making sure they can care for themselves. But maybe the rest can go out the window to an extent. Okay. Me being me, I'm about to throw a curveball in this conversation because with all this being said, the social worker in me is like, I don't know. I can't help but feel the need to address a different part of this conversation because unfortunately for many, and honestly, a lot of what we're talking about is access to resources, right? So that a lot of what we're talking about has to do with being able to be active in your child's summer. And for many students and for a lot of the youth in America, especially those living in poverty, their school is responsible for providing consistency, whether that's in childcare, adult supervision, meals, hygiene, 
social self-care, socialization, healthy activity, physical education, whatever that might be. And the summer months bring a lot of hardships for these families. And the need for support doesn't stop in the summer for these families. However, the support significantly lessens truly just because there's no school. So I don't know, I felt the need to make this comment because I feel like for many families, what we're talking about when it comes to structure and supporting their children isn't always as applicable because they're at work. And for some, their focus is truly just on getting basic needs of like bills paid, assert like the most food on the table they can pay for, hygiene, the you know, water staying on, that kind of stuff, which makes it even harder than to think about maintaining progress and routines and behaviors that maybe had started to be established during the school year. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. And I mean, it's you're you're totally right. There's a lot of families that summer months actually bring so much more stress on parents because they don't have, you know, three meals or at least two meals a day, you know, for their children and all of the things that you just kind of mentioned, Taylor. So I think in those situations, it's important to go back to what we suggested of just the basics, you know, that conversation on it doesn't have to be materialistic. It doesn't have to be paying a certain amount of money for a special summer camp. It truly is just any time that, you know, you are able to be home and just have kind of a, you know, screen-free moment with your child to see how their day is going or take a walk around, you know, the block or just in your backyard, sit outside. Those are really the quality moments that we're encouraging anyways. Yeah. You know, our youth as a whole, it just needs support. Our youth never stop needing support. They need it through all seasons throughout their development. And it's, it's really important that they have it and have that guidance when possible in healthy ways so that they can grow and develop into people that can really lead their lives in a positive direction. I mean, yeah, the support is everything. And unfortunately, the support can't stop in the summer either. And something I was thinking too, I'm glad that you guys brought up the resource thing because you're right, not every family is able to provide all of that that a school can. Like not every family is the same. So something I was thinking about, no matter where you're located in the country, the the United Way is a really good resource. So contact your local United Way and they can kind of point you in the right direction if you are needing those resources over the summer and you want to help support your child and really sustain the work you've already done for your whole family throughout the school year. Yeah. And I guess I would just add here, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace. Give your kids a little bit of grace. Mm. I think we're, you know, encouraging all of these things, the structure, the flexibility, but at the same time, if you're just doing your best, that's okay. (laughs) You know, like sometimes, especially again, going back just how the year's been, if this summer is just, you're just going to try your best. We support that too. Agreed. I don't think we're trying to say that your summer will be a failure. If there's not enough structure, we really do support everyone trying the best they can. Like that's the most important thing. Yeah. You got to take our suggestions and kind of see what fits within your family, what works for your parenting style, your family structure, that kind of stuff, make it fit for you. Exactly. So then something kind of related to this, if you're already engaged in therapy, some parents have asked me before, you know, does my child need to keep continuing in counseling in the summer or can they just wait till next school year? And the short answer is yes, they should be continuing to engage in therapy if you guys can, because again, there's so much effort put into the family and the child to reach their goals during the school year. And the summer time is a good time to really focus on that stuff too. 
So again, it's okay to be a little lax, but if you can keep up some sort of consistency or continue to engage in the therapeutic relationship, you're going to see growth over the summer too in those social and emotional ways. And it can help your child be set up really well for the next school year too. And also engaging in therapy over the summer can help strengthen family relationships too. You all will most likely be spending more time together. So it's nice for it to be a positive experience for everyone. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it helps strengthen that therapeutic relationship too, when you get to add more members of your family and kind of grow in your relationship with your therapist. But I also tell a lot of my clients, you know, we might not meet as frequently over the summer. It can just be, you know, maybe once every other week, once a month, depending on what your family has going. Because again, the stress level should be reduced. And so the hope would be that, and the goal would be that you can use some of the skills that we've been, in, you know, learning and instilling within you um, that you've been practicing in those summer months that you don't need as much support during those lower stress moments. Summer can be a really stressful time for families. So taking time now, even if it's not in a therapeutic setting, to really communicate as a family about your summer expectations can be really helpful. Being proactive about discussing potential concerns helps so much more than reacting to them later. Yeah, communication is everything, like we always say. Some families are actually pretty stressed out each year figuring out how summer can go. And you're right, being proactive about it can help get ahead of any hiccups that might happen. Yeah. I think like one of my favorite phrases in life is I'd rather be proactive than reactive. Mm -hmm. But I think this topic in general was really helpful to talk about, especially as the school year wraps up and summer is in full force. And sometimes it can be hard to know how to handle summer months. So we're hoping that this gave, you know, some clarity to everyone on how they can help our youth in these summer months to come. If there are families out there or listeners who know of families who may, you know, maybe needing that help that we mentioned earlier when it comes to access to resources and support over the summer, please reach out to us. We would love to help by providing knowledge and resources where we can. You can email or DM us podcast WCPA at gmail.com is our email or on Instagram at mental health in you. We are so looking forward to next week. We'll be interviewing our colleague, Amy New. We love her. She is one of our favorite people, and you guys are also going to love her, too. She's so cute. Seriously, she's the sweetest. I can't wait. We're going to discuss supporting loved ones as they age, while also making sure that we can care for ourselves, too. We hope you guys have a great week. Don't forget to join us next time. Bye.